Hello, my friends. This is Coach Aaron Saft on the Running is Life podcast. And I thought I would expound a little bit more on what I talked about last week. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week, I talked about packing for uh, an ultra marathon, um, which, you know, obviously at this moment, I am packing to go up to Wisconsin to run the Badger 100. Um, this was not really in the plans. Um, so, you know, uh, coming off of Vermont, um, I was, I was packed for Vermont. And so, you know, I had a lot of stuff already ready to go, but you know, this race and Vermont aren't quite the same. Uh, so I had to kind of, you know, make some changes and pivot and learn from some of my experiences and mistakes that I've made in the past. Uh, so I thought about it and decided maybe it's good to talk about some of those mistakes I made. So perhaps you won't make those same, same mistakes in the future. Um, and how, you know, how I'm going about looking at my packing list and making sure I have what I need for the Badger 100. Um, I didn't have much time to really uh, prep for this race. It's actually, uh, as I record this on July 25th, uh, a week ago, that I really even um, wrote uh, Scotty Coomer and asked if I could, uh, you know, run the Badger 100, uh, in place of Vermont 100, uh, cause I thought I was going to burning river, but, um, you know, that didn't work out. So, uh, thankfully Scotty allowed me to register. And, um, ever since I've been kind of just trying to prep for the race, thankfully, you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, uh, a technical course. It's pretty flat, you know, so, um, but I've learned a lot. Um, from, you know, previous races, um, from running in the heat, this race could potentially get up into the, the upper eighties. Um, thankfully it won't get too cold at night. looks like we'll be in the sixties at night, which is nice. Uh, start times at 6am. So again, starting, you know, probably in the sixties and then getting up into the high eighties during the day. Um, but you know, uh, a few things popped up. What would I wear for footwear? You know? Um, so let's start there. Um, we uh in the past i have made the mistake of not having enough options um you know I, I learned quickly from that in that uh having a diversity of footwear is is great you know as i talked about last week you you typically have your primary set of shoes and maybe you have a backup pair you know have two pairs of the same shoe and maybe even uh, one that's a half size larger in case you you swell up or whatever but at the same time, it's also good to have something um, with variety, um, be it in the the ramp or drop of the shoe, um, be it in the traction pattern, just in case weather changes or it's you know it's a different surface or it's you know it's uh, you're not as comfortable running in um, your primary shoe. So in this case, I am going with the the Topo Cyclone Two. Uh, you know, all the stuff that I mentioned here, I have no affiliation with any of the companies. I'm just simply going with what's going to work for my needs or what I suspect will work for my needs with backups, you know, um, and potentials for, for other options, just in case those don't work. So, you know, my primary shoe, which I've trained in previously, um, I've never done an ultra in them, which is always a question mark, you know, and that's why you bring backup pairs. So I've got the, um, the Topo Cyclone 2, which is um, a plated shoe. Um, it's their, um, you know, it's, it's kind of their super shoe, if you will. Um, I, I'm not sure it's on, well, I will say it's not on the level of like your Nike Vaporflies or even your 
uh, Saucony Endorphin Pros, um, to, you know, in the regard of, of efficiency and, and gaining benefit from, but it is super comfortable. That's the main thing to me is that the shoe is super comfortable. It's got good cushioning. I feel stable in it. I feel comfortable in it. Um, I've done long runs in it. Uh, so, you know, uh, but again, I've never done an ultra in it. So there's a question mark there. So with that said, I'm of course bringing my tried and true Olympus. Uh, the course is mostly like a crushed gravel, if you will. Uh, pea stone or uh, cinder you know i i hesitate to even give it a <laughs> i i don't know exactly what to to title it but um either way you know it's it's able you're able to run in a road shoe uh, without much concern unless it gets super wet or sloppy in which case i have the olympus as a backup i also am bringing the ultra out road um you know that that shoe is a great hybrid shoe road to trail um, when my foot has been uncomfortable in the 50 miler I did earlier this year, I switched to the out road and my foot pain really went away. So, um, you know, three trusted pairs of shoes, uh, again, little question mark for, will the cyclone two be able to take me the distance? Um, I'll probably bring my old pair as a just in case, um, as you know, as a backup, but, um, so I'll have two pairs of cyclones cause those are going to be my primary shoes. I've got my old trusty Olympus, uh, you know, a good worn pair that I have worn and know and trust. And then the outroad, which I've done tons of training in. I've done up to 50 K in that shoe. And again, I raced in it in, uh, the 50 miler earlier this year. So, um, you know, knowing that I have the capability to switch out shoes based on the circumstances, based on how I'm feeling, how my foot's doing, et cetera, I feel like I have some good options. So, um, you know, there we go. Um, so far as the pack goes, I have failed myself here in the past, um, with not having a pack that, uh, can carry enough fluids for, uh, the distances that I'm covering. So, you know, looking into, badger i discovered that there are a ton of aid stations uh we see our crews um a number of times much much more than i'm used to which is fantastic um but with that said i feel like i can do um a two bottle um real minimal pack um i am and i've trained with and know the revolt i raced with it in the 50 miler again uh the revolt is ultra aspires pack it's um uh, it is now the Basham. So if you look up Ultra Aspire and their pack um, or race vest, I, I think it's technically under, uh, you can find the uh, um, the Basham. Uh, it is the update to the Revolt. The Revolt came in a longer um, pack. So uh, in other words, the uh, on the back, the actual pack itself is longer for taller people such as myself. So I have two of those. Um, in which, you know, my crew can have ready for me so I can just grab two new bottles in a pack and off I go. Um, but you know, storage is at a limited, it has two very small, um, gel pockets on the front. Um, so I plan on having my naked belt, um, the SL, uh, that I can carry a little extra, you know, if I need it. Um, so, um, you know, planning on being able to have the potential to carry more and I am bringing a, um, a handheld flask. Uh, so I'll be able to carry a third bottle if I, if I so need. Um, so, uh, you know, I have the potential for two bottles on my back and the handheld. So I'll be able to carry three bottles for any period. I feel like it may be a little bit longer and uh, you know, I'm going to need more fluids than 
um, than potentially what my pack can carry. So I'm trying to address everything from storage to making sure I have enough fluids in between aid stations. Um, so that's where I went. I had been trying the, um, uh, um, the Bronco vest by ultra aspire as well. But what I found was that the, um, the shoulder harnesses were coming too close to my neck and really rubbing my neck. So I was really worried about chafing and rub on my neck. So I decided to just, you know, hold off on the Bronco vest. Um, also was using my pace two liter by Usway. Um, you know, love the vest. I think it's really well designed. I just, I'm not, I'm not a big front bottle carrying person. Um, really. And that was another thing about the Bronco. I just don't like my bottles up front. I'm just uncomfortable. It's constantly noticeable. Um, I just, I really prefer my bottles on my back. I guess I'm just used to having the bladder on my back. So, uh, another reason why I went with the revolt, um, in the past though, when I had gone with the revolt, I just ran out of fluids because I just didn't have enough aid stations were too far apart. And again, in this case, aid stations are not that far apart. And if I feel like I have any trepidation about going too long between aid stations, I have the potential to just carry a handheld as well. So trying to eliminate any possibility of not having enough fluids. Uh, last week we talked about having clothing. Um, so, um, in Western States, uh, my trusty rabbit FKT shorts, I usually wear the seven inch. They seem to be rubbing, uh, on my low thigh. There's a, a seam point that's just, you know, chafing me on a low point, um, applied lube, um, you know, can reapply down there. Um, what I've decided since this race is most likely going to be, well, I'm not going to say it's most likely it is going to be more humid, 98% humidity. Um, and obviously high eighties, the chance of sweating perspiration, uh, just being extremely soaking wet during the day is very high. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm putting that, you know, aside, I'm going to go, uh, with, I have two possibilities. Um, one being the, the strider, uh, the pro, the pro striders by, um, Patagonia, the five inch short They're uh, again, another tried and true for me. Uh, so the Strider Pro 5-inch, I'm going to go with those. Uh, I also am bringing with me um, the FKT 5-inch and FKT 7-inch. So I have a few various options, as well as a pair of the Nike Trail Shorts that I was just sent from uh, the uh, Challenged Athlete Foundation for um, you know for the Leadville race. So I have short options. I'm also bringing with me my Exoskin Compression Shorts. Uh, I like throwing those on if I am getting chafed and it just doesn't seem that anything's helping. Uh, you know, it's getting out of control. I can switch into the compression shorts. So I have a number of options there as well as tops. You know, I brought in a few different tops. Um, the only one that ever run into a problem with was, um, and I don't mean to keep trashing rabbit, but rabbit had the, um, the diamond cut, uh, shirts there. Uh, you, we originally saw Jim Walmsley cutting up his shirt for Western States and creating these air holes. Um, you know, and, and rabbit reproduced that in both a singlet and a uh, t-shirt. Um, what happened with that was, um, I was racing the 50 miler in that I usually just wear that top, you know, out to run. I hadn't worn it with a pack. And when I wore the pack, it absolutely chafed me. Oh my goodness. Uh, I had chafe marks where I had never chafed on my chest and back before. 
uh, simply because of those openings and the material of the pack. And I guess I just have sensitive skin. So lesson learned, uh, be wearing uh, you know, a full shirt. I do have a rabbit shirt that has the perforation holes, the laser perforation holes. So they're very tiny. Um, if I feel any type of chafing going on, we'll relubricate and I'm going to switch shirts. Um, got a tried and true Patagonia shirt, very lightweight, very thin that I love to wear. So, um, you know, I'm trying to create uh, and, and uh, make every variable uh, possible, you know, just in case something's not working, I'll be able to switch out. Um, lighting, uh, you know, this is a rail to trail. I believe we'll be on the ice age trail for most of this. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I hesitate to, to worry about lighting too much, but I'm going to bring, you know, my normal lighting situation. Um, if it gets foggy, I'll have my belt, you know, the ultra spire 600. Um, if, if not, you know, fog's not really an issue and I can just wear my headlamp. Um, I'm sticking with my swift. Um, I did bring my active core, um, uh, 400. I have that. Uh, so I have that. I also have the NU25, the lightweight one, uh, 250 lumens. So I have a few different options, uh, just being prepared, you know, so lighting, I don't want it to fail me or I don't want to be impeded by the fact that I can't see. So, you know, if I've got a number of options, depending on what I need, I'll have access to those, which, um, you know, it's, it's learning my mistakes from gear. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, looking back at the past, um, I, I kind of wrote down some of my, uh, my mistakes and, and that's where a lot of this came from, uh, you know, just trying to control the variables. I know, you know, stick with what I know, um, aside from the question mark on the shoes, you know, I think we're going to be okay. So far as gear goes, um, nutritionally, um, I've had some interesting conversations. Uh, we're, we're going to try something new this go around since it's hot. Um, and, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll talk about, about it. Uh, I've, you know, I've talked in the past how I've, I've really, um, had a lot of success with, um, a low carbohydrate diet. Um, I would not say that I am keto. I would not say that I don't eat carbohydrates. Uh, I still eat carbohydrates. I just try to use them a little bit more strategically, uh, you know, eating less during the day, perhaps a little bit at night to kind of help, uh, with my run the next day. Or if I'm, you know, after a big run, um, uh, can certainly have some carbohydrates to help recover and fuel. So, um, it's not to say that I'm totally cutting out carbs. Uh, but I talked with, uh, Peter Defty over at Vespa, uh, and I'm going to imply, or I'm going to use some, um, Vespa ultra concentrate, uh, throughout this race to, um, to use both fuel sources. So I'm going to stick to, um, smaller, Intakes of calories, perhaps 30 to 40 calories at an intake, um, about 40 to 45 minutes, and then the ultra concentrate about every two hours, uh, along with some real food. Um, you know, I'm going to have some real food along the way. Uh, I seem to do really well. Uh, so we've bought, uh, brought some stuff to, to cook up ourselves. Um, you know, I, I saw what the aid stations have and, and nothing against what they're having. I, uh, you know, I, I certainly appreciate, you know, the race having food, but, um, that has failed me in the past. Just, you know, they run out or they don't have. And so we're bringing what I, you know, what I know has worked for me. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, burgers, bacon, ketchup, with some, some camp food, um, that I can cook, um, boiling, you know, some, some water in a jet boil. So I'm bringing my jet boil. Um, and then pouring that into, uh, the, the camp food. So, 
uh, you know, some, some things that I know have worked in the past. I've used it at multiple races and, um, you know, just trying to, um, not let the gut get to where it was in Western States. So far as hydration goes, I'm going to try the, the Roctane product this time around, um, and, um, just be a little bit more, um, cognizant of how much electrolytes I'm getting in me. I also have S caps as backups. Um, I seem to have you know, really been sweaty at, um, at Western States. And I imagine with the heat and humidity here going to Badger, it's going to be exponentially higher. So I'm going to use S caps, Roctane um, fuel. And then I've got a number of different um, gel products that, uh, that, you know, that will, that will be my, my little, you know, hits and, and chews, um, scratch chews, uh, the power, power gel chews. Um, I've got some, um, different goo gels. So, um, some waffles, different things that I can take smaller increments on and not have to take in a whole hundred calories at a time. Cause that definitely brings more blood to the gut. And I'm going to try to do it at smaller increments and just rely more on uh, fat oxidization. Um, and, um, you know, just kind of trickling in some calories. So uh, that's the idea there. I've also brought some caffeinated options. I have some, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the power gels that I talked about, the, excuse me, the power chews that I talked about, those have caffeine. Um, I brought some Cliff double espresso gels, uh, and I also have a Roctane powder that has caffeine in it. Um, you know, I think that's been a problem in the past is I don't have a ton of caffeinated options. So when I go to, you know, hit my crew, I'm like, Oh, what do I have? And, and I look through things. I'm like, Oh man, I didn't really did myself poorly here. I didn't bring anything that's really caffeinated. So, um, you know, that's, that's one thing I made sure to pack was some caffeine options. So, um, you know, some, some different things there, um, you know, taking a little different approach this go around. Uh, especially in the heat, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see how it goes. Uh, we're uh, we're looking at um, you know three weeks between Badger and Leadville, so I'm really going to try to take it as conservative as I can. See where that puts me. Um, uh, you know, I plan on starting out somewhere between 10 and 11 minute miles, and just kind of seeing what the heat of the day brings and and what that means for my pacing. Just going to let the pace and the effort dicta- dictate itself. Um, I have an A goal of, uh, of 1830, the feasibility of that. I don't know the reality, obviously, uh, you know, heat is going to be a tremendous factor. And like I said, if it's too hard of an effort, I really need to dial it back because I only have three weeks to recover to Leadville and then three weeks to Wasatch. So this is really going to be a big ask of my body. So, you know, I'm, I'm already, uh, trying to think about that and be conservative knowing that I have to recover quickly. And, um, you know, that's this time around it, I, 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 you know, I, I got two extra weeks more than I thought I would between Western States and, and my next race. So I have five weeks of recovery. I'm actually coming around really nicely. I haven't been running these paces in a long time. I think my body just needed the rest and recovery. I, perhaps I was just going too long in training or perhaps just doing too much in training, whatever the combination was between workouts and everything. I seem to be back on track. Uh, you know, my average pace has come down, uh, my first mile I warm up and then all of a sudden I'm back into the eight minute pace on my conversational pace runs. So, uh, feeling really good about that. I'm, I'm happy that's come around. I just, you know, need to make sure that when I finish Badger, I do the same thing, make sure I recover and get ready for Leadville. Leadville is going to be a big ask. Uh, and of course, Wasatch. So, um, that's the big things right now. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that I sleep well. Uh, I've got all my work done, so I'm trying to make sure that I control my stress. 
just trying to relax and focus on the race, uh, communicating with my, my, you know, my crew and my pacers, making sure they understand my needs, what I'm, you know, expecting. Um, I communicated all that out to them. We'll, all of us will be together on Friday and then, um, you know, Saturday, uh, race day, 6am, it starts central time. So, uh, they do not have live tracking, but, um, they will be posting results. Um, I think they're going to do, um, you know, live results. So as we finish, those will be updated as we finish. So, um, man, I'm, I'm excited for it. I really am uh, new place, new location. Um, my daughter's coming with me, super excited to have her along for the adventure. Um, son had to work. I wanted to give him the option to come, but, um, he's got a good opportunity to, to earn some money, which excites him. So totally understand that. So, uh, he's going to be working. And of course my wife just had vacation up in Vermont, so she couldn't make this one, which is a bummer of course. Um, but, uh, I'm looking forward to this opportunity. I'm super grateful once again, to be able to do it. Um, Scotty Coomer and the, you know, the group, his, him and his wife and the group at uh, 10 junk miles just really appreciate this opportunity, uh, more than I can say. Um, I also want to, again, send my thanks to all of you for your help in the fundraising efforts. Um, I ended up being the third highest fundraiser for, um, the Leadville challenge athlete foundation. We raised over $4,000 together. Uh, absolutely incredible. And my thanks and, uh, admiration go out to all of you for your contributions. Um, if you still want to make a contribution, uh, you can make contributions still to either the Vermont adaptive or, the challenged athlete foundation on uh, my fundraising pages. The links are in the show notes. Um, that is, you know, beyond appreciated. Obviously these, these monies are going to some great um, uh, causes, some great people, giving them great opportunities to do amazing things. So if you'll consider that and making a donation, uh, I, on behalf of the foundation, um, I thank you for that and your kindness and generosity. So those are in the show notes. Uh, if you want to make that contribution, I also wanted to tip my hat. Um, lately, we have seen some tremendous performances um, across the board, but specifically for females. It has been incredible to watch. We all know what Courtney DeWalter has done, you know, setting a course record at Western States and Hard Rock. We couldn't ask for a greater ambassador, uh, the most kind, you know, well-spoken person in our sport. Uh, she's just, you know, a, a class act. Um, yeah, my daughter got to, to go take a picture with her at Western States. Uh, and she just, you know, she's in awe of what she's doing. When I told her that she won hard rock, she was what, fourth overall at hard rock or I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but my God, just, you know, setting another course record three weeks after Western States, just absolutely incredible. But, you know, we all know Courtney is incredible and doing amazing things, but there's some other women that have done some amazing things. And, um, you know, Ashley Paulson, uh, she was on a, uh, a venture jogger talking about her win at the Badwater 135 outright. So I think a course record, incredible. Um, and then um, Claire Banworth of France. Uh, I don't know how many of you followed this story, but absolutely incredible. It popped up on my um, Instagram feed. Claire ran Hard Rock the week before she ran the Tahoe 200, one week apart. I believe she was fifth female at Hard Rock, if I'm remembering correctly. So fifth female at Hard Rock. One week later, she comes back and wins the Tahoe 200 outright. She was the overall winner of the Tahoe 200. Absolutely another incredible performance. And lastly, and this is just amazing, um, you know, our sport 
is just incredible. And when I say our sport, I include all aspects of it, including track and field. I've always been a huge track and field fan. It's, you know, it's near and dear to my heart. It's something that I've done for a long time. I continue to coach at. So, you know, when I see these things happen in track and field, I just, I'm in just, <laughs> in just complete and amazing in wonderment. <laughs> I don't know what to say, but Faith Kipiegan, uh, for those of you that don't know Faith Kipiegan, she is a Kenyan and has done, you know, some amazing things this summer. Let's start on June 2nd. In June 2nd in Florence, Italy, she ran a world record 349.11 in the 1500 meters. Now, one week later on June 9th in Paris, she set a world record in the 5000 meters of 14 minutes and 5 seconds. Simply incredible. Just flying. I can't believe it. So amazing. And then just over a month later, this past weekend, July 21st in Monaco, she ran the one mile and set a world record of 407. 407. She was she distanced herself from the field in, in all these races. She is, you know, uh, just a, a, a head above in talent uh, right now in the world. She is in a class of her own doing amazing things. And obviously these world records stand out. Now, in that same one-mile run uh, at Monaco, we had an American record as well. Uh, it broke a record that has stood since 1982, I believe. So simply incredible racing at Monaco. Everyone in that race, every female in that race set a PR. I believe there are eight different national records set in that race. Just incredible running. Now, the mile isn't run as often in outdoor, and that's you know that's, that may be part of it. But you usually run the 1500, but even said like that is just an incredible race. So when we look at this, it's just amazing what's happening in our sport. And like I said, I just want to tip my hat off and recognize those performances because I believe it's incredible what, you know, the females are accomplishing in our sport and males. Uh, you know, there's just some so many incredible things. I think we hear oftentimes about the male world records and such, but I just wanted to take a second and recognize that the females are doing some simply more amazing things than, you know, uh, their male counterparts, uh, you know, it's from winning races outright to setting amazing world records. It's, it's phenomenal. And I'm just amazed and, you know, just proud to be a part of this sport at the moment and watching it grow and, um, and, and, <laughs> and evolve. It's incredible. So uh, my excitement is is vast right now. So many cool things happening. So many cool people out there running and doing amazing things. So you know, keep your eye open. You know, it's there's just so many cool things to watch right now. Um, you know, Leadville will be coming up here pretty soon. Uh, we've got about three weeks to Leadville. So um, you know, some cool people racing out there. Always fun to watch and see. You know, we've got um, of course UTMB coming up. So it's just so many things to look forward to. Uh, Diamond League is in full swing in track and field. Uh, that's where you know most of these performances are coming from, as well as the World Championships. They're coming up uh, here in track and field and in, uh, in August. So uh, just some cool stuff to watch. Uh, if you didn't get to watch the Tour de France, oh man, uh, you know go back and watch some highlights. Uh, I I got chills. <laughs> so many cool stories. So many cool stage wins. Uh, just the overall story was amazing. Came down to the last few days. Uh, and, you know, like I said, you watch the highlights. It's well worth it. The Tour de France was so motivating this year and so fun to watch. 
So, so many cool things happen in sports and endurance sports right now. Uh, so many cool stories and so many cool people. So, um, I hope you're enjoying your summer. I hope you're enjoying your training. I hope all goes well by you. Um, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out to me. All my stuff is in the show notes. Check out the new website, runningislife.run. Thank you, Ash Welsh, for putting it all together. Uh, really happy with the, uh, the turnout for that. Uh, Boko is making up some new hats with the new logo on it. Um, really excited for those. Uh, those should be, it's probably going to be about a month and a half, uh, is the turnaround time. So we're probably looking at, uh, I would guess probably early September, uh, those should be in. So I'll announce if you're interested in a hat, I'll announce when those arrive and we're going to do some apparel too. Um, I have requested recover brands to send me some samples so I can check it out. Um, and, uh, hopefully start producing some, some shirts and stuff. So, um, I, I want to thank you guys for, for tuning in, for listening, uh, being a part of the podcast and, uh, you know, my, my apologies for the brevity of this episode. I'm, you know, just trying to get myself together to, as we leave tomorrow for Wisconsin. So wanted to put together something that was, you know, useful and maybe a little, a little addition from last week, just some final thoughts on that topic. Um, uh, but I hope that helps. And, uh, you know, as I said earlier, I hope your training goes well. And uh, if you have any questions or want to talk about anything, um, want to hear from any specific guests or yourself want to come on the podcast, just reach out and let me know. Thank you for your time, my friends. And um, until next time, keep running.